and we gather around God's Word, around Scripture, uh, I believe to be the very words of God, uh, spoken um, because he's a God that wants to be known and to know humanity. And so um, you guys can take a seat if you want. We're going to be like, I'm going to promise we'll be about 10 minutes. So if you're part of the church, your prayers have been answered. It is a shorter message this week. Uh, if you, you're visiting, you'll find out pretty quickly that, that some of us in the room, we've been uh, transformed and changed by Jesus. He has done something in and through us um, that is incomparable with anything else. Jesus has changed my life. He's given me a purpose. Uh, and I know that's the same for so many in the room today. And as we were preparing for this, just one verse kept coming back. Uh, and it's probably the most well-known verse in the whole of Scripture. Uh, people that, that perhaps have never even opened a Bible may even know this verse. Uh, and it's the verse John 3:16, And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Quick show of hands. Who sticks to best before dates on products? Quick show of hands. Are you one at the back that sticks to it? So if it's in the fridge and it's like a day over, you're going to throw it out. We, we've got some risky people in there. I wasn't expecting that. So put your hands up if you're a best beforer. You won't eat anything after. Yeah, my wife's putting her hand up because she's going to be part of the illustration in a minute. So she better put her hand up. So not many. So some of you are really to risk it. I'm impressed. I wasn't expecting that. So these, these products, they have a date on them that's been instituted by some governing body that says if you consume this product after this date, then we can't be held responsible for what may happen. Uh, and, and some of you are bound by that. Some of you that raised your hands, you are, you're in chains to that. My wife, she, she cannot. I, I have an office in Malvern where I go uh, once a week and some people there, like I, I will go one week and make a coffee and use the milk and then I'll go the next week and the same milk's still there because people don't seem to drink it and the date's like four days over and I'm giving it a smell and it's not chunky, it's, it's fine, I'll give it a go. Uh, and and, and in, in our house, Cara is one that if it, if it just ticks past the day, it's in the bin. Whereas for me, I'm like yogurt, as long as it's not furry, I'm going to give it a go, you know, <laughs> for what the Lord... For what I'm about to receive, may the Lord make me truly thankful. Um, best before dates. Can I ask you a question this morning? Does your love have a best before date? Is there a point at which you say enough is enough? When you say, hang on, I, I, I can't love anymore. See, it's really easy to love on a wedding day, isn't it? I mean, it's the theme to have for a wedding day is, is love. We have the wedding and it's all loved up and it's all fantastic. What about 20 years on? What about when that person hasn't changed in the way you hoped they would? What happens when something happens and circumstances and situations cause you to say enough is enough? That person is beyond love. Did you see what they said? Did you see what they did? Do you have a best before date on your love? This verse in John 3.16 talks about God's love. And the date on God's love. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting love. Question. Who does God love? Who does God love? Does God love the really righteous spiritual ones that are really good at being Christians? You know, you may be sat there and you're thinking, Do you know, I'm way beyond 
God's love. If there is a God, which is a big if anyway, but if there is a God, then I'm not sure he could possibly love me. Maybe you've heard it said that God helps those who help themselves. I had conversations in the past and people say, your book, it says God helps those who help themselves. Well, I'm going to help myself. Number one, just for the record, it doesn't say that, by the way. If you ever open it, in fact, the message of the Bible is the complete opposite of that. See, with this way of thinking, we have to conclude that we're the ones that can save ourselves. We're the ones that God, if God helps those who help themselves, then the mess that I'm in, the sin that we all have, let's level the playing field. I'm, I'm a reverend, believe it or not, and I'm as much a sinner as anybody else, messed up as much as anybody else. The anger, the lust, the, the, the frustration, the addiction, all that stuff that we feel we need to have in our life to make life make more sense. If we conclude that God helps those who help themselves, then that mess is my job to clear up, isn't it? My job to sort out. And once I've got it sorted out, then maybe life will be better. Then maybe this God might love me. Maybe then life will be easier. But I don't know about you. I can only talk from my experience, but some of the stuff in my life, when I've got that bit sorted, it's like there's another thing over there that's got to get sorted. And then you go and try and sort that out, and then that thing comes back. And you're like, I thought I dealt with that. I've got to go and sort that out as well. See, the truth of the matter is that God cannot help those who help themselves. That is to say, if we can help ourselves, what's the need for a God? Why do we need a God to come and rescue us and save us? The message of Scripture is that we cannot do this thing alone, and you were never meant to do this thing alone. You are never good enough in and of yourself to save yourself. You can't be expert enough at doing life that you drift through without any scars. John 3.16 shows us that we were actually never meant to figure this life out on our own. That he so loved the world that he sent his only son. So who does God love? Well, that verse says he loves the world. And if you're on the world right now, if you're in the world right now, guess what? There's a God who loves you. What, even them? Yeah, yeah. Well, that person sat next to me. I know what they did. Yep, he loves them too. If you're part of the world, then God loves you. See, God's love for humanity is not based on our love for him. See, our love so often is I give love and I receive it back. If I don't receive love back from somebody, I'll kind of shut the door. Well, fine, if you're not going to love me, forget it. But God, he says, do you know what? I know you're always going to hurt me. I know you may even ultimately reject me, but I still love you. Because God's love is not based on our love for him. Whether we ever get to a point of accepting this love or not, his love still remains. God's love does not have a best before date. God says, I know you will hurt me. And so this is how we're going to deal with it. And God's love for us was such that he sent his only son, Jesus. God so loved See, this isn't just loving, this is so loving. That's the love of God. This isn't like, can I just borrow, can you guys just come forward and help me with this? That would be fantastic. Little illustration of God's love. You you may get wet, just going to say this now, so you may want to, yeah, cool down a little bit. So hopefully this won't get too, I practiced this at home and smashed the thing that I did it into. So um, apologies for the washing up bowl being smashed. Just there would be fantastic. See, God's love... It's not like these little pebbles. 
They're really sweet. I've got some in my garden. They just like set the garden off. It looks really nice. But God's love is not like one of these pebbles where you drop it and it's, oh, isn't that sweet? It's made ripples and everything. It's really sweet. But the ripples have gone now and it's like, I mean, I could probably do that like this and, and no one would even know that I've done it. I mean, did you notice that I dropped a pebble in there then? That's not like the love of God. See, the love of God is so much more like this. That this love of God comes in is all-consuming. And it comes and it says, hello. And it completely consumes us. Sorry if you're on the front row. But that's the love of God that monumentally changes absolutely everything. This is the love of God that Colin and Sue have experienced, that completely drenches you, completely changes absolutely everything. A love in spite of rejection, in spite of pain, in spite of loss, in spite of frustration. This doesn't mean that he is all the error and all of the wrong, and neither should we. There's a little verse in Romans, uh, Colin read from from Romans earlier on, but this is Romans 5 verse 8 says, whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't die for you because you proved you were good enough. It's when you weren't good enough and there was nothing you could do about it that he said, you know what? God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So loving means so giving. It's a challenge in marriage, isn't it? God so loved the world that he gave. It's challenging. In a world that's about getting what I want and when I need it, God redefines love by giving. Lovely what Peter read out. Our God leads the way in that he gives himself sacrificially, being left by those closest to him, rejected by those who claim to know him. Himself. In that he went to the cross. Colin spoke about this cross. A cross where the one person throughout all of humanity that never did anything wrong, never sinned, he went and died the death of a sinner on a cross. And all of sin, past, present, and future, in that moment, converged in that moment. And Jesus died with it. You're like, well, what? I mean, how does that help things? I mean, all that does is expose the problem. Yeah, okay, we're all got, we all get things wrong, great. And, it, and that stuff that we got wrong, it managed to kill Jesus, great. But the thing that we believe is that Jesus went down into a grave with that sin, but he didn't stay there. He rose again. The sin stayed in the grave, but he rose again, so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Seems crazy, doesn't it? I mean, I I just have to take a step back and just think, I really believe, I mean, that's bonkers, isn't it? And you're allowed to look at me and agree. It's a crazy thing to believe. But it's crazy enough that it has transformed so many people in this room. When we gave it a chart and we said, you know what, let's, let's look at this a little bit more closely. It's actually changed and transformed us. And I've had the privilege of traveling around the world and changed by this love. That God so loved the world that he paid the price to release the captives. When I asked Colin and Sue why they were renewing their vows, they said it at the end of of their reflections, but so much has changed between 20 years ago and now that we've now invited God into this marriage. See, stuff's shifted. 
For them, it was important 20 years ago, but now there's a significance. And the significance is the love of God that consumes you, washes over you, changes you. Today, in this moment, Sue and Colin are going to come and renew their vows on a very soggy floor. I didn't think that through, did I? <laughs> but it's a moment where they say, I can't do this alone. We were never meant to do this alone. 20 years ago, we took these vows. They were important. But now we see the significance. And God, we invite you into this. And I'm going to finish right here. But so often a verse that's read out at at weddings, you may have heard this verse. It's 1 Corinthians 13. And it says this. Love is patient, kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Good. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Final question this morning. Is that your experience of love? I mean, I love my wife, but I've got to be honest. I, I, I struggle to have a patient love when we're going out and we're running 30 minutes late and she's still doing her hair. I struggle to love with patience then. Is that your experience of love? Keeping no records of wrongs, always persevering. You see, we read these words at weddings, and it's almost like this is how we should behave. This is what love should look like. And if you don't do it like this, then frankly, you're failing. And we use it as a bit of a guilt trip. So how how have you guys done in the last 20 years of loving like that? Maybe the next 20 years will be better. Just try harder. But the truth is, the Bible makes it really clear that love is not a feeling, love is a person. Jesus. And so if we want to experience this love that is truly patient, there's no way you can ever experience that love outside of Jesus. See, this verse, it should actually be read like this. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. He is not proud. Jesus does not dishonor others. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easily angered. He keeps no records of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus always protects. Jesus always trusts. Jesus always hopes. Jesus always perseveres. Jesus never fails. I want to experience that kind of love. And the honest truth is that it can never be experienced outside of the person of Jesus. Because everybody else will let you down. I wonder this morning where you find yourself. I just want to give just a few seconds just of privacy. So can we just close our eyes? If loving like this was possible, I I think humanity could have done it by now. And we've had enough practice. But I wonder right now, if what Colin and Sue have spoken into, if what I've spoken briefly into there is true, is it, is it worth looking at a bit more closely? I believe that before the beginning of time, God knew who would be in this room. Another crazy thing to believe, but that's who I think God is. That he's so interested in who you are, in what you're doing. I wonder if today, maybe there's something happening inside of you, like Colin spoke about. I'll invite you, I, I've done this deliberately, we do this differently on a Sunday, but there's some packs on the table, there's like an orange bag. 
I won't hold it up because you've got your eyes closed, but we'll do that in a minute. Some packs in an orange bag on our connect point that's over by the, 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 the entrance as you came in. Maybe you want to take those. There's some stuff in there that you might want to read and explore. For others, maybe you need to come back next Sunday. Maybe you're visiting Stratford. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't normally come to church. I want to encourage you, go to a church near you. Maybe it's worth exploring. Maybe speak to God right now in this moment because he wants to hear you. And maybe just say, God, if you're real, make yourself real in the next six weeks. Hey, might be crazy, but if it's real, is it worth waiting six weeks to see if God makes himself real? I just want to pray for each person in this room. Father God, I thank you that your love for us is not based on our love for you. That when we are loving you well, it doesn't mean you love us stronger or more. And when we're struggling... When for those who is bound to be in a room like this, where those who have adamantly said, I don't believe there is a God, I thank you that your love for them is still as strong as it is for me. And Lord, for those that you're speaking to right now, Lord, I pray, I pray you'd make yourself real. Make yourself real to each one of us, that we would know there is a heavenly Father who so loved this world that he didn't leave us hanging out to dry, but he stepped into humanity, stepped into our pain, and made a way for us to connect. So God, I pray that each person in this room would connect with you in a way they've never done so before. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to grab one of those bags, you can do that discreetly or you can come and speak to me. But they're this sort of color and they're on the connect point, which is just over there. Can I invite our musicians back? We're going to sing one more song before we renew Colin and Sue's 